talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome back to Messy Christianity. I have in the studio again today my friends Jared and Dawn. Hey guys, welcome back. Thanks for letting us be part of your show again. <laughs> you know what's really funny is uh, if people listen to us, they know this. Like we literally just did the other podcast. We did not move and now we're starting the second one. Yeah. So I made it sound like you're but, back again. But but you got us waters in I between. Got, we had you a know water what, you're break, right. So we, that... we did have a potty break and a water break, so that was good. And I turned the air conditioner on, so... And we're very grateful for that. Yes, you know, I was starting to sweat, and that's, you never never want to get there, so. Hey, cool podcast here today. Last time we were together, and I hope folks had a chance to listen. If they didn't, they go back and listen to last week's. But today, last time we talked about uh, what it's like to have a special needs child and God's grace in the midst of that. This is a whole other direction. Um, so the funny story is you and I met each other, Jared, uh, 20-something years ago, and, and we met you too, Dawn, because you yeah. were part of, you were a groupie at the time, I think. Is yes. that your official title? Yeah. Um, so are you a musician at all? Um, no, sir. No? Okay. No, sir. Just I ran the sound for the guys Sound. That time. So you yeah. were the only girl in the whole band of guys, right? Yeah. I think I do remember that. Yes. Um, so Jared was part of a band, and you were the sound guy, Dawn, for No Longer Quiet. You sound girl, No Longer <laughs> Quiet. And we met 20-something years ago at a uh, camp, uh, World Changers, in Tallahassee, Florida. And um, so we hadn't seen each other or spoken to each other basically since, since then. We yeah. might have seen each other one or two other events, but that was pretty much it. And at a meeting in Nashville, Tennessee last week, we run into each other in the line to register for the conference. And it's like, holy smokes. And the first thing we start doing is what? <laughs> oh, yeah. We started pulling out the phone and showing pictures <laughs> showing of deer. Showing pictures and, of deer and, and fish. fish and, and, yeah. And I think that that happened because you remembered a fishing trip that we went on uh, sometime when we were together. Yeah, that, you took us bass fishing uh, at a catfish pond, catfish which is pond. pretty ambitious. You know, yeah, we were like, man, all we're catching is catfish. We can't find a bass anywhere. And the lady finally said, oh, we don't have any bass. That's just it's catfish. It's a catfish yeah. pond. <laughs> but we were catching catfish on buzzbait. And there's not a lot of people that, that can say they've done fun. that. That is pretty fun, yeah. Uh, and people out there, what's a buzzbait? Yeah. Um, so, but but that made me start thinking. It, it's amazing to me how I can go anywhere in the world. I'm sure you can too. And there are commonalities. There are, are things that we find are familiar with another person and it, and it becomes a part of a conversation that it's like we've always been friends. And, and it reminds me of the fact that God has given each of us unique passions and desires. They're not, they're not necessarily holy desires. You know, I've got my air quotes here. So they're not like spiritual things. They're human yeah. things, pleasures. Like for us, it's outdoors. It's hunting and fishing and uh, you know anything out dealing in the wild. And yet... When I recall my life, how God has used those things for his purposes, I'm blown away. Like, it's incredible. So I want to talk about that a little bit. How, how, do, you, how do you see how God has used your passions and desires for his glory? Uh, well, you know, that, that's a great question, and it's actually a huge part of my testimony. Whenever I was 19, somebody challenged me. I, I was saved whenever I was seven, but had never really been discipled. So 19, they said, you ought to, uh, if you want to know the Lord, you've got to seek him with all your heart. You've got to go all in. So I said, okay, what's it take? And, um, you know, they, that was the first discipleship conversation about reading scripture, praying, and 
serving the Lord. So an opportunity opened up for me to do summer missions, and they had a basketball team. And I'm telling you, I'm obsessed with basketball. I, I just wanted to play in the NBA. I mean, I was... I did not know that. Uh, Globetrotter. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, seriously. Well, you are tall. Eat up with it. You got it. pretty big hands, so yeah. that makes sense. So, uh, and the Lord kept me from that because I grew four inches after I graduated high school. So, you know, at 5'8", I didn't have a whole lot of potential as a basketball player. Anyways, I thought, yeah, I'll play basketball. Well, I didn't get to that year. I, I instead was on a camp team, traveled around. But that was great. That's when I. That's really when I met the Lord. And so the next summer, the Lord provide an opportunity for me to be on that team. It was called the, the Missouri Sports Crusaders. They they would play basketball in inner city, just dribble a basketball down the street, and kids would come out. Wow. And they'd say, hey, we're going to play in 10 minutes. We'd get a cooler of Gatorade. We'd play for a while, do some drills, and we'd say, all right, it's halftime. We'd have the kids sit down. We'd share the gospel. Well, that summer, we went to a place called Black Missouri. It was a boys' camp for troubled teens. And when you were 18, you aged out. There was a kid that was 17, and Jeff, you, you know kids like this, that they can be 17, but they look 32. Yeah. I was the opposite. I was, you know, 25 and looked like I was 14. Uh, but anyways, this kid, I go up for a rebound, and he just punches me as hard as he can in the back. We had two basketball goals, four basketballs, and a fight every five minutes. Oh. I mean, it was it was a rough place. So he doesn't recognize that I'm one of the leaders. I'm catching a rebound, and he hits me in the back and knocks me to the ground. So I turned around and held the ball out and said, you want to take me one-on-one? And so he kind of got a cheesy grin, and, you know, I played a lot of basketball, so I kind of took him to the hole, and everyone, ooh, you know, it was back in the day when, oh, you just shook him, man, you yeah. broke his legs. <laughs> and so, you know, everybody— You can do that again. I want to— You, you want to yeah, hear yeah, that again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, they, they form a line, and they want to play one-on-one. These Against kids, you? Yeah. Oh, so, man. That's like the professor, ain't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. It, that was before the professor. You I was, were the original professor. I was professor. the original white chocolate. No. That's what I was, man. <laughs> and so, In case uh, they don't know, you are a tall white dude. Yeah, that's right. And the only thing I'm thinking is white men can't jump. Yeah, that's, that's all I'm thinking that's of, right? That's right. You know, fancy layups. That's, that's the right. best we could do. <laughs> and so at the end, on Thursday, that same kid that hit me, Jeff, he got saved. Wow. And on Friday, he was in tears, and he said this, you can't leave. You're the best friend I've ever had. And wow. it was, this is a kid I'm telling you, if he'd have met me in East St. Louis, he'd have just stabbed me and not thought anything. I mean, he's a rough kid. Got saved, gave me his parents' phone numbers and said, would you call them and tell them about Jesus? And it was all because I was holding a basketball. And so, you know, 20 years old, and I'm not the, you know, I'm not the sharpest guy out there, but I thought the Lord gave me basketball for ministry. Hmm. And so I actually was a ministry major in college, and I changed it. Uh, I, my kids still tease me about this to a recreation degree. And here was my thought with it: is I there are things people, every person has something they love to talk about, and if you can find out what that is, then you can begin to guide the conversation to the Lord. And so we called that passions to people. That everybody has a passion. Take that passion, connect it to people, and then connect them to the Lord. So basketball was the first, and then whenever I was in college, the band that I met you with, we found, you know, some kids would listen because I was holding basketball, but there's a whole different group of kids that would listen if I was holding a guitar. 
And it was funny because there, there'd be kids who'd say, can I have your autograph? And you think, man, you must not have been listening to the music because it was not that good. You know, we're not going anyplace. Nobody's knocking on our door for a record deal. You know, I used to give autographs all the time. No joke. Because I was doing the same thing. I was traveling and speaking to different groups. But the funny thing is I would give autographs of my brother's name. Oh, really? Because my brother was a pro <laughs> like ball you. player. He played for the Braves. And so, I remember that. So I'd like, sure, I'll sign his name. <laughs> they didn't know I wasn't Tim. They thought I was like, Spoon, okay, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Somewhere, some, some down the road, the guy's going to try to be selling this Tim Spooniebarger um, autograph at a pawn shop. And the guy's He's like, be saying, this is the 10th one of these I've this, seen. This is not Tim's <laughs> autograph. All, all I did was a Tim line, S line. <laughs> I, I really did do that once or twice. <laughs> That's awesome. Maybe. Perhaps. Go ahead. <laughs> well, so they asked your autograph. Yeah, yeah. But it was just they would listen because it, they loved music. And so what we found was, uh, you know, you had all these different things and you could think, how could I use what I'm doing for the glory of God? Yeah. How could I be intentional with it? Uh, so I, I'm just continuing here. Later on, I got into hunting. I didn't hunt until the last church. I, I pastored a lot of people there hunted. And so... I thought, well, if I'm going to connect with these guys, I ought to get into hunting. And, of course, didn't realize I'd fall in love with it. Did you so, realize that when you married him, that he was going to become the hunter he is? Oh, no. Um, you didn't sign up for that, did you? No, Jared came to me when he uh, wanted to get into hunting. Yeah, that's why I asked. Oh, yeah. You and my wife could have long <laughs> Don, tell him, tell him, what was the budget? What was the budget? I said I could get into hunting he for how much? In, he could get into hunting for $100. That was all he oh, ever Oh, you definitely were a... In order to be a hunter jeff i tie-dyed my first set of camo i mean we were we were so poor i took some old khaki pants and tie-dyed them it was uh it was quite the deal but yeah so i thought well this way i can relate to these guys we can go out hunting together it'd be a chance for me to go out with them and it really with that the more i did that the more i realized i need to train these men on how to share the gospel so we started an outdoor uh, hunting ministry that we called Eternal Expedition. And so I would tell the guys, you know, here's kind of our line that I've been on a hundred fishing trips. I've been on hundreds of hunting trips and they all, whether or not I got the deer or caught the fish, they all ended. But whenever I was 18 years old is when I started chasing after Jesus, mm. following Jesus. And that adventure has never ended and it'll be an eternal uh, adventure. And so we would, we'd go to hunting shows. We'd all set up our deer heads and, you know, have fish mounts, and we'd we'd be at a expo, you know, a hunting expo, and people would just be coming by, you know, what's what's at your booth? Well, you know, we've and we'd train these guys to share the gospel that way. Have you ever started this adventure of following Jesus? Mm. And so it's kind of neat. In fact, we was made Stephen a, Curtis Chapman song "Go West, Young Man." Your theme song? It was. Or the great it was. Adventure. It's it was playing over a loudspeaker. <laughs> was the it really? No, no. Oh, dang it! <laughs> I'm like SC squared, man. That's the way to go. <laughs> But it's kind of neat. We made a broadhead video for those that don't hunt. You know, it's the broadhead, you know, in, in archery. That's what you're going to actually shoot the animal with. And so hunters are always looking at what's going to be the best broadhead. We are the and, greatest suckers on the planet. We will buy anything that somebody says will guarantee us success. Yeah, it, this one's going to be better. Yeah. And so we made kind of a review video online, and it has... Um, 1.1 million. Well, Google views. it right now. What's it called? It's Eternal Expedition. Okay. 2014 Broadhead Test. That's what. That's the title. Uh, that's what you titled it. Seriously. 
Um, <laughs> Eternal Expedition is the channel. Oh, okay, okay. And then the the video is 2014 broadhead test. See, gonna... But what we did with it was we'd say, you know, what's a good broadhead? We want one that's sharp. We want one that will penetrate. We want one that won't deflect. And at the end of the video, we said, you know, how do you know if you're a good person? Well, have you ever lied? Have you ever committed adultery? Have you ever done this? And so we shared the gospel by saying, the truth is there's no one who's good. Yeah, there it is, man. Dude, 1.1 million views, it says on this one. 5.3 thousand likes. Yeah. And, so and there's 2.4 thousand dislikes. Oh, hey, man. <laughs> Thumbs down. Let I me bet tell you got you. some brutal... Let me tell and you. It was the gospel part of it, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was the gospel part. And so many people, so a lot of people would say, man, I love that you shared the gospel. And then you'd have people that are like, this has nothing to do with it. And atheists would just be angry yeah. at the world, you know. And so for a long time, I would manage it, you know, delete any post that had, you know, foul language in it, respond to people. And there were several people I'd say, listen, man, here's my phone number. Will you call me? Send them a private message. and. And got to have a couple good witnessing conversations, but it was all because I took something um, that I loved and tried to use it to share the gospel, and not in a cheesy way. Okay, so first comment I see, okay, proves your point. Didn't see the good, bad Christian message coming at all when watching this, but this was the first time in 10 years I've heard someone start talking religion, and I didn't let my thoughts wander and I actually absorbed his opinion. Wow. Wow. That's cool, dude. Yeah, you think, man, that's like an eight-year-old video, and there yes. are people still watching it. We uh, we probably could have done better on the video. You know, we, we needed somebody whose passion was video editing, Jeff. That's what we needed. <laughs> oh, don't we all? <laughs> don't we all? Yeah, but it's kind of neat. So, you know, we we take those things and say, man, how could we use this to connect people uh, to the gospel? How could I connect to the people and then connect those people to my Lord and Savior? So that was kind of your first, and then you started doing others, right? You did more videos? Oh, yeah, we did. Some hunting shows? Yeah, it kind of evolved where we said um, we could start taking guys out and sharing the gospel with them, you know? Uh, And we said, well, we need a reason, so let's film it. And then the thought was, if they had anybody that they wanted to witness to, I'd be the cameraman as the pastor. And then... We would film people. What what we realized was that, essentially, you know, if I if the show had me, I, I got to shoot a hundred and seventy inch buck, and it it had like thirty or forty views, because honestly, nobody cares that I killed a hundred and seventy inch buck. I mean, I I do. Yeah. But so we had we started thinking, okay, well, what's ways we could see more people? Well, instead of me being the star of the show, let let's have our friends be the star. Yeah. And our lost friends specifically, so we're gonna go share the gospel with them. They're going to share the show with all of their lost friends, and we're going to share the gospel on the show. And then we said, how could we do that on an even greater scale? So we said, what people do on YouTube is they search for what they need to know. And so let's make something that they would want to know, like a broadhead review. So we we said, we'll do that. And we actually thought about doing—we were kind of lining it up to do like shotgun reviews, to do bullet reviews, to do, you know, a bunch of these different— things and what you notice online, those those go through the roof. Yeah. Because everybody wants to see, before I spend 50 bucks, which one of these is the best? And we are going to tag the gospel onto that. So we'll buy, you know, $500 worth of broadheads, test them all, make the video, and people would watch it. 
So, like, as you saw, who would have ever thought 1.1 million people from a Baptist preacher from around the world who had a hundred dollar budget to get into hunting? <laughs> yeah, exactly. With, yeah, you know, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's all I got to say. <laughs> Gee whiz, I told you, Don. Thank you for believing in me all these years. <laughs> and it's neat. I, the Lord's opened up doors for me to do wild game dinners that people would say, Man, come and share that I never story. Get and, to do those. Yeah, crazy. Like, <laughs> never. I think it's so interesting because when we started this whole process or when Jared really, I mean, it's just been a heart of ours for a long time is to connect to people. And you think in an evangelistic way, like I want to share the gospel with someone who's lost. But one of the most amazing things as a wife and getting to watch this specific ministry come off the ground are the men that he was able to disciple yeah. and come alongside of There are specific <laughs> men who would call him and say, Hey, we were in town one day and Nathan called and said, hey, we're down here on Main Street and there's this guy and we got into this conversation. Will you meet us there? And so Jared would come in. And so Jared really has a heart for discipleship as much as he does for evangelism. And so that was a beautiful part of the ministry itself was not just reaching the people on the other side of YouTube that we would never meet. It was watching the lives of the men change because they came together for the purpose of the gospel. You know, and that, that's a big part of it. The only, what they had seen in Christianity was, if you want to share the gospel, you need to preach a sermon. Yeah, or know the four four spiritual laws, yeah. or the Romans Road, or E.E. E. E. Yeah, you know, and for most of them, they'd and never been... it's a cold been, call. Yeah, they've never been out witnessing, and all they'd heard was <laughs> from a pulpit. And so to say, you know, these are guys that could talk to anybody about if a Chevy was better than a Ford. Yeah. But they had never thought about, you, and, and like you and I, man, I could talk to anybody about hunting. Well, why couldn't you talk to anybody about Jesus? Isn't that strange? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it's, I'm, I mean, the guilty way is to say, well, it's because you love hunting, you don't yeah. love Jesus. Yeah. But I think some of it is they just, I know so much about hunting, and I have opinions about it. So if you say you used a fixed broadhead, I'm going to say, no way, you got to use an expandable one. And I can just dive into that. Yeah. And to make an easy step for those believers to say, you know, we could go from hunting to Jesus in one step. Yeah. And a lot of those guys were had never thought about, about that, which really is the, the whole point of parables. You know, that Jesus is walking <clears throat> along, runs his hand through the grain, and, and this is speculative, and then says, you know what? Following me is like this. Unless this grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it won't bear fruit. Like, it was taking what was readily available and connecting it to the gospel message. Now, I'm not saying we have the same authority as Scripture, but to be thinking creatively about how can I take what we're talking about now and take a natural step towards the gospel is not just like a preacher trick. You know, I think that's something that every person ought to kind of be thinking through. How can I—isn't that what um, happens in Proverbs, for example— You've got a guy that is clearly just setting out on the ground and then says, writes this down in Scripture, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider his ways. That he had been watching an ant and thought, <laughs> there's a biblical principle here. It was a slow day. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't ever stop to watch ants. You know, I, Maybe you should. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. That they were stopping and thinking about, how does this relate to the Lord, which is the, the lost art of meditation. You know, we've got our phones, we've got entertainment just right in front of us, and so we never stop to consider. Um, And I think when we take our passions 
to just stop and say, how could I use that for the glory of God, for the advancement of his kingdom, is a great, would be a great practice for all believers. Well, that's so important to say that, too, because we, we you, I say we, I have been guilty of thinking of myself, okay, I've got to kill my passions and desires. I've got to kill my ambition, which there is a point that that's true. You know, Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. But I have been guilty in the past of taking that to the extreme of saying, okay, everything that I like, I got to give it all up for Jesus. And yeah. it, it's almost like you hear in the background Jesus going, no, that's not what I said. Yeah. What I said was, you've got to let me be the focus of everything you love. Yeah, and so and fleshly and worldly passions, right? Yes. And, well, and, and, and the idea is I want you to love me through those things that I've put in your heart because that is a means to making me, making me known, but it's also a means of, of communing with me. I mean, I have felt in the woods some times of extreme worship, yeah. And I am not one of those guys who say, you can worship as well on the beach as you can in church. No, you can't. It's a, it's a whole different animal. That's not the same thing. But you can have times of worship, mm. you know, of, of personal worship um, when you're in a tree stand and you're listening to the woods wake up or you're uh, on a boat on a creek and, and you're seeing just the beauty of creation. So all of these things are, are things that God puts, uh, puts inside of us and says, I want you to enjoy what I've given you but enjoy it to my glory. I mean, isn't that the reason yeah. uh, to, to uh, what, what's it? I think it's the West, not Westminster Confession. What am I thinking of? To, uh, in, in, to know God and to enjoy him forever. Oh, uh-huh. What, yeah. what, what is that called? Do you remember? I don't know, Jeff. Okay, but it's something. But we're, we're communicating. We're just not making it clear through our lips, right? So go back a second. To think that the challenge of for evangelism for us as pastors is that we're we're called to lead our people to share the gospel. The challenge is for us to help reframe what it actually means to share the gospel, not to got not reframe the gospel message, but it's the how to. How do you take off and how do you land the plane, basically? Yeah. And to help people think outside of the box of, OK, to be faithful in sharing the gospel means that you start with this Bible verse and you end with a decision. That's really not what God call, has called us to do. Yeah, He's called us, because if you look at his own interaction with people, you don't see a lot of times, or you don't see every time, where he begins a conversation at the end they pray to receive Christ. I mean, you, you see some progression. Sometimes you see, see stone walls. Yeah, they're all unique, aren't they? Every single one. And so we've got to help our people understand, and we've got to understand that being faithful to 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 be in the moment and share when and how we can share, but be satisfied if all I did was move them from a negative one to a zero. You know? Right. And if ten is salvation and a minus ten is is lost and going completely apart from God, if we just move them one step, we're one little piece that God uses in their journey to Christ. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, for sure. But but our our loves and our passions is one of the natural ways we get to do that. Um, that's what you do with hunting. That's what yeah. I do, certainly, with hunting and fishing. Well, and and I, I have nothing against like forms of evangelism, like four spiritual laws or, or some of those ways, but thinking about conversations with hunting, no one's ever given me uh, a description of how to have a conversation about hunting. 
um, because I'm just infatuated with hunting. And so if we start a conversation, I'll jump in with what I know. And once I wade off into deeper water that I don't understand, then I'll, you know, let that be known in humility to say, oh, I've, ne- I've never been elk hunting, for example. Um, and to do the same thing spiritually to say, just be saturated with God's word and jump in where you can, how you can. And then that, that element of, of just being aware to your presence. Today we're at the beach, you know, we're from Missouri, so we don't get to be down here at the <laughs> beach. And I was watching the waves crash and just uh, my son was taking his little boogie board and leaning against the waves. And I was thinking how funny it is that, I mean, I know the game he's playing is he's trying to stop the wave, uh-huh. you know, and I just think how funny is that, that someone, you know, like any kid who's ever been there has done something yeah, similar. Like, and there's a, there's an old song that was, uh, that said a line, something about, uh, you're the one who said the ocean could only come this far. Yep. And just that. Casting crowns, I believe, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. And so that, that just stopping in that moment and thinking, what a great thought that our Lord did that. So one, it, it's worshipful. And then secondly, to think if I get a co- in a conversation with somebody about the ocean, that's a story I could tell. We used to call this the preacher game. <laughs> yes. Do uh, you want to tell that, Don? I can. Um, I was usually, I was never really in the front of the van. I was always in the back of the van, but the driver and the <clears throat> shotgun Obviously, when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about when the guys we used to travel with no longer quiet years ago, and they would start the conversation of, I will bring up anything, any subject, and say one word, and then you have to take that and head to the gospel in so much time. And so you only had so many sentences to take any random item from a butterfly. Butterfly might be a little easy. Like just they'd find something on the side of the road and point it out and just say, okay, go. And they would have to get to the gospel in just so many steps. That is awesome. New favorite game. And so it just, it created this atmosphere of challenge, you know, when you're, especially when you're in your young twenties, as we were, there's this challenge. But when you were talking about this, I was thinking just the practice that that is, you know, because we do make it this big, huge thing of sharing the gospel that we do have to go from point A to point Z. And we have to close the deal. Yes. And or we failed. Right. And it's not always that. It's just seeing something and just taking a quick turn back to Jesus. Yeah. And it's really and it's not that hard. Conversations just flow. Yeah. You know, it's what happened whenever we saw each other. Man, what's going on? Yeah. yeah. You remember I, I went fishing with you 20 years ago and you said, oh, yeah, you still fish. And next thing you know, we talk about hunting. We talk about our church because. Then I named my first porn after you. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but those conversations naturally flow. And I know there's sometimes in witnessing that it's just cold. You know, it's like yeah. a cold call. Knock on the door. Hey, if you died tonight. Uh, that's not a great first question if you knock on somebody's door. You know, they're like, Especially Are, in you St. got Louis. a gun? Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you're in a conversation with a friend, because that's probably where the majority of our witnessing conversations happen, the conversation actually just flows. And so it, it, it goes a conversation from the sports game to which team you like to your grandma's, you know, coconut cream pie. And, yeah. and it just, you kind of think, I don't know how we got here. And I wish we would equip people to do that just naturally in conversations that in that kind of a little bit of the seasoning it with salt. Yeah. And so especially when you have a couple things that you know, I always talk about hunting. 
and I always talk about sports, specifically basketball, and I always talk about my kids, wouldn't it be good to pause one day and say, what would be the best way I could connect from a conversation about my kids to the gospel? Yeah. What would be the best way that I could connect a conversation about hunting to the gospel? That way, next time I'm in it, I can steer the conversation to where I want it to go because I want to tell this person about Jesus because I realize, especially in deep friendships, that if I want to get to a 10, I want them to trust Christ as their Savior, today we might only get to two. Yeah. But maybe next time we'll get to three. And maybe in the conversation we go back to two, you know, but I want to be interjecting that constantly. Uh, I do this, like, I, I tell stories about Dawn all the time because I love Dawn. I'm sure I have friends that are like, good night, please stop talking about Dawn. You never said a word about Dawn when we were talking. Because <laughs> you had to get through hunting I don't know how to respond first. to this. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm pretty sure you did. <laughs> Sorry. Bus, here yeah. you go. Well, thanks for letting us be on the show. I'll need a place oh, to man. stay tonight. Well, actually, what, what's cool about what you said, though, is it is an intentionality. Mm-hmm. And and you know I'm I'm remembering uh, it was either this morning or yesterday morning as I was waking up I was praying asking the Lord give me an opportunity to share the gospel today and one of the but but basically I shared the gospel today but the story started the interaction started yesterday and as you're saying this I'm thinking man the conversation just naturally flowed because I was looking for it yeah. I was looking for the opportunity to switch gears and to say let me not not necessarily this way but but to to talk about Jesus and talk about salvation and and i think god i know god wants people to be saved more than we want them to be saved and the scripture says how can they believe unless they hear and how can somebody hear unless somebody preaches to them how can somebody preach unless they're sent and we're the ones that are being sent and then the scripture also says that um his word will not come back void. And so all of these things coming together, we have to believe that God wants to use us more than we want him to use mm-hmm. us. He's just looking for a willing, a willing mouthpiece. Yeah. Right. Just. Yeah. And if we'll if we'll wake up each day and say, Lord, give me an opportunity today to say the to tell the greatest story ever told. And it probably is going to come through one of your passions and desires, your hobbies, your natural relationships God just has a way of working all of this stuff out in the cosmic universe, and he does it all day, every day, looking for willing service. Well, Jesus, what did he say? The harvest is plentiful, but it's the laborers, it's the workers who are few. Right. We just need to be workers, and it's fun. Yeah. Like, I literally left the conversation today laughing my head off, and I told you the story. You know why. But it's fun. I mean, joy in telling the story. I don't think most of us really remember that or even get that, mm-hmm. which well, is kind of sad. We get kind of caught up in our own self, don't yeah. we? Where we, we become insecure about what we're going to say, what we're not going to say. And I think that when we start using our passions and using that in order to reach the people or to see the people. But first you have to see them. And I, I like yeah. what you're saying there. You know, like we have to be intentional. We have to see the person, see that God loves them and that um, he desires them and that he's placed us in their life for a specific purpose. And let's use whatever he's given us, whatever it is, um, to take their hand and walk with them to the Lord. Yeah. So there's also a certain amount of finesse that would be wise for us to have as well. 
in that the finesse in that we're saying, I'm not going to force this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be so adamant that that I've got to share the gospel in its entirety. I'm going to if, if it doesn't happen in the conversation, let it go, because certainly God is able to open a conversation. He's able to close a conversation. And so, you know, I think of the verse. I'm not sure this is the actual meaning of it, but I, I think it is. But you know, it says don't cast your pearls before swine. And mm-hmm. so so there, there's well, actually, Jesus multiple side times said my time's not yet come. Right. So sometimes the conversation is not ready. And if you're sensitive to that, you use the finesse of going, I'm going to I'm just going to back off and I'm going to let this thing develop. And then sometimes there's a boldness. You say, I need to say very directly and very uh, yeah. openly, do you know Jesus? But it's it's the Holy Spirit inside of us that gives us that finesse, isn't it? Right. And, and we have to remember, too, it comes in humility. Like if we're <clears throat> humble yes. and realize that we have zero to do except to be obedient to when he yeah. tells us to speak up and to um, tell a story that the spirit himself is the one who draws people to himself. Yeah. Like we're just a tool and we're going to use what we have in front of us. But I think it starts with humility and knowing that um, the Lord is the one as it is the one whom as at work, I'm just here. Yeah. Such a great word. Such you know, a great word. In the prophets, they said, break up the unfallowed ground. Yeah. And I think there are times in a conversation that I, I you know, we keep using that illustration of a 10, you know, that they'd be trusting Christ. Um, but realizing that for some people, one of the best things we can do is to to just um, be a good light to them, to be a in a situation where they walk away saying, I like that guy. I had a conversation. That's a huge step, isn't it? Yeah. If somebody just likes you, that's a big deal. Yeah, because I, we know we could win an argument with the truth and lose the person because yes. we didn't yes. have love. Yes. yes. I had a, a friend from high school contact me recently. Um, I say recently. It was about six years ago. Hadn't talked to him. <laughs> that's recently. Um, hadn't talked to him since high school. Yeah. Like, we graduated, never talked again, and he reached out to me and said, hey, I, I've... Um, there's a girl that I'm looking to marry, and she goes to church, and these were honestly his words, and, you know, of course, this kind of makes me sound good. I don't mean for it to, but he said, I just always thought if I wanted to hear about Christianity, you'd be the type of guy I'd want to hear it from. Wow. And I never remember getting to witness to him, but I thought, I mean, what a humbling thought that ultimately what he was saying is that you lived in such a way that if I wanted to hear the gospel, I wanted to hear your gospel. Wow. And... You know, just that thought, and I, I say six year, years ago, we've talked a lot and, you know, share a lot, and he just is intrigued. Not a believer yet, but he's just intrigued with it because the version of Christianity he's heard in the world seems to be vastly different than what he has heard about in Scripture. And I'm not there yet, but I think he sees a difference at least that is intriguing to him. And so I, I hope, you know, I hope all your listeners want to live a life that glorifies the Lord and wants to lead conversations and whenever they don't quite get as far as they wanted to, to trust the Holy Spirit to draw people and and to lead them. And to take a little bit of pressure off, I, I've just been thinking as we're talking about John 14, I, I think it's John 14, 26, that says the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance all yeah. that I've taught you, Yeah, that you can try to guide the conversation to a spiritual point, and, but also... You know, the, the Spirit is going to be the one that guides the other person to repentance. 
and should be guiding the believer in what to say. So to kind of relax a little bit, take some of the pressure off to say, well, Spirit didn't give me anything, so yeah, that's as far as it went. And that is the, that is the perfect, perfect ending here. It's at the end of the day, trusting the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And so if we want to be faithful in sharing the gospel, we really just need to be faithful in hearing the voice of God through the Holy Spirit in our life. And we don't really have to try all that hard. We just have to go where he leads us. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. not like we have to think of something totally creative and radical and unique. We just need to let God lead us and he'll do those creative and radical things because it'll be a natural outflow of who we are. Again, going back, yeah. our passions and desires. Yeah. It, 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 it takes all kinds. It takes the extroverts. It takes the introverts. It takes the hunters. It even takes golfers. I don't know why, but, you know, <laughs> golf is one of those things. That, but anyways, I'll offend somebody if I keep going. We are well past time. Once again, it just flies, doesn't it? Thank you so much for being in the podcast studio today for Messy Christianity. It's been a fun, fun thing. I want to end, Dawn, with you. Give, get, you get the final word, right? Oh, You're the lady nice. in the room. What is your how, What passions or desires has God used you or given you to use for uh, sharing the gospel and, and making his grace known? Just one or two, maybe. The things that he's probably giving me that I've seen him use the most would probably be my children and my family um, wholeheartedly. As women, oh, I don't know. Like I, Most women I talk to in the stage of life that we're at, it usually equals um, when you talk about what you do, <laughs> it usually centers around your family. Yeah. And so... I'm passionate about my family. I love my family. Most women would say the same thing, but we might not have hunting and fishing or some outside activity that we run for all the time, but we can use our family and the things that are right there in front of us and constantly. Um, So when you get in conversations as women, it's super easy to go from talking about your children and talking about your family dynamics and those things and turning it around to the Lord. And as we talked about in our last podcast with um, Titus and special needs um, and watching the Lord's hand over and over and over again, that's where the Lord has used the most opportunities for me to be able to share his goodness. So, Wow, good word. Good, good word. So thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. I know you want to say something else, don't you? I was just going to say, I got to do my first and second podcast all in the same all day. In the what same a great trip, day. <laughs> Woo! Thank you so much. Oh, it's been fun. If you're listening and you don't have a relationship yet with Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to trust in him. He, he loves you because he loves you. He's a father. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But it's God's grace. So trust him with all your heart. And uh, if you are wrestling with ambition and if you're wrestling with your talents and skills and desires yield those to him and ask him to show you how those things uh, can be used for his glory and you might be surprised at how fun life can be when you do that so we'll see you on the flip side thank you for listening to messy christianity three guys talking about life faith and everything in between you want to know more Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.